Ah. Hello everyone, this is Jonathan again from Vancouver and today on the TK Podcast we're going to be talking about TK as a global company. Jingle, 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 jingle. One of the main draws for me coming to work for TK, and I had no particular connection to shipping beforehand, so it had nothing to do with the steel, was that TK is a global company. And in Vancouver, there are not many companies with that global outlook, that global footprint. Now, Canada and Vancouver are places of immigration. There are many people, like me, who settled here from somewhere afar. And it's, it's always afar, as Canada's basically a long way from everywhere except the US. So when I joined, I was not surprised to meet people in the office from all over the world. But I was surprised by just how many and their myriad journeys to get here. People like Alex Virches. When I work ashore, then um, I was assigned in Norway and my family is in the Philippines. I was assigned in TK Singapore, my family is still in the Philippines. I moved to Vancouver, my family is still in the Philippines. And in 2006, the residency has come. Now that I am assigned in Manila, then my family moved to Vancouver then, you know. So I have this kind of life. Uh... Another colleague who has been around the block and the world a few times is Fred Richardson. Fred has worked in TK offices and at yards all over the world and with stories to match from Vancouver to Madrid, UK, Portugal, Norway, and Singapore, to name just a few. But that's nothing compared to his first seafaring journey away from home as a young man. I arrived in Singapore uh, as a 19-year-old. And going from Bonnie, Scotland to Singapore was, was just a complete change, fascinating change. Yeah. yeah. A week later, I was in Borneo. 10 days after, I was in Japan. And three weeks later, I was in Minalamari in Kuwait. These days, Fred is officially what one might call a salty old sea dog. One who we will meet again on the podcast. But his global perspective started at a young age. Once upon a time, he was a wee lad in Scotland, imagining the world across the oceans. I uh, was always fascinated by ham radio and, and um, I used to, I actually wanted to be a radio officer at one point. I thought about going to sea as a radio officer. Oh, but, yeah. and, uh, but I used to tune into foreign stations and I read a lot about it and I had all sorts of antenna out the back garden, uh, much to the concern of the neighbours. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, they were reporting me, the police probably thought I was a spy. But uh, <laughs> and my father was kind of, why I was fascinated to get up at two o'clock in the morning and tune into some other remote part of the world. It's the only time of the day you could receive it, yet they weren't speaking in English. Speaking of the many languages of the world, I was reminded that several years ago in the Vancouver office, we made a video of people saying the word welcome in their native tongue. And in total, we had over 25 nationalities represented. Indeed, just where I sit in the office, we were discussing just a few months ago we had an ethnic and cultural mix of Taiwanese-Brazilian, Jordanian-American, British, German, 
Venezuelan Chinese, Romanian and Italian Croatian. None of us had parents who were born in Canada. Wow effect. It's what we are meaning when we're talking about the TK. TK Vancouver is truly a melting pot or a multicultural feast. This global perspective is definitional for us. We have offices in 14 countries, plus site offices in various shipbuilding nations. Of course, our vessels are visiting ports in pretty much every coastal nation on Earth too. So we have agents and contacts and partners everywhere. At TK, we often use the word transnational to describe ourselves. It's not a word that connects with me much, so I looked it up. Transnationalism is a social phenomenon grown out of the heightened interconnectivity between people and the receding economic and social significance of boundaries among nation states. So now you know too. Understanding the subtleties of each, each culture and it's been great at TK because you get exposed to so many different, you know, there's so many different projects. So you could be dealing with a repair and conversion yard in Europe and then, you know, dealing with a Greek second-hand buyer and, you know, a shipyard in Korea all in the same day. So, uh, you know, being exposed. From Greece to Korea, all in the same day. That's just a typical day in the life of Naranjan Duranda, our global sales and purchase go-to colleague. We are of the world, but belong nowhere. We are involved in the most opaque part of global trade. Our assets are everywhere, but belong nowhere. The vessels are built in one country, operated from another, traded by people in another, manned by people from many, many others, moving product between yet two further places. It can get a bit disorientating. We don't have a home, yet we are everywhere. We're ghosts in the global economic machine. Consequently, our people have quite literally been there, seen that, bought the t-shirt and eaten the cuisine. So let's explore that a little bit more with our honored guests, including Alex, Fred and Naranjan, as well as some archival content. Our offices are full of these transnationals and our ships too. Maybe even more so. Now, meeting the crews is a tough assignment. Hey, they're like a million kilometers from shore. It ain't easy. However, once in a while, we bump into a seagoing colleague and press record. What do we talk about? Food, naturally. Through food, you can bring the whole together in fried rice harmony. I'd like to teach the world to sing in fried rice harmony. No, 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 Solomon. No, he's shaking his head. Anyway, talking of honoured guests, here's Chief Cook Honorato de la Cruz to describe you a typical onboard melting pot and what he serves them from his galley pot. I've been here with this company 18 years. I started as a messman. I used to watch second cook and chief cook cooking and then I uh, start saying to my chief cook, Chief, could I possibly train me as a cook? I said, no problem. I was promoted as a second cook as 2003. And in 2007, I was promoted as a chief cook. We have Filipino, Indonesian, Malaysian, Angolan, Croatia, Russia, one South African and one Indian. Everybody likes uh, pasta, of course. Uh, they like fried rice very much. Ah, food. 
we'll talk more about food later in the episode and also in future episodes looking at how the galley team are the lifeblood of our operations and by the way chief cook de la cruz just hit his 20-year anniversary with tk so congratulations to him for fred going to sea as a 15 year old was eye-opening when i went out the far east um, you know it was amazing i never knew there's so many fruits in the world um, and, and you know it was amazing to have all these things put on a plate in the morning and, and going back to when i first went to sea yeah. uh, I've, I've always liked asian food uh, i've always found that very tasteful and very colorful as opposed to mince and tatties and all these other british type of foods <laughs> yes only one winner in the comparison of asian and british cuisine but let's segue from transnational food to transnational culture. We met Alex Verchez earlier. He has had a long and varied TK career, here, there and everywhere. It started as a seafarer, and he sees something in the Filipino culture that is drawn to this global perspective. So you are a seafarer? Yes, so I'm, marine, I'm a marine engineer by profession. Ah, you know, I didn't even know that because yeah. I've only ever known you in the office. So, yeah. so uh, your life, when, when, tell me about your seafaring life. Um, I started my career in 1992, so my cadet ship was with Istena. Uh -huh. Then I graduated in 1992, wherein I, am, I joined as an engineer uh, in worldwide shipping. Uh, then I been through this type of vessel, BLCC, and uh, then working ashore as an instructor in the academy um, in shipping company until 1998 that I joined in bonus shipping. Ah, okay. So in bonus shipping, I started in the plant maintenance system. Then from then on, I've been with TK now for almost 21 years in the making. Yeah. Mm. Since 1992, this is my life. Yeah. Uh, even way back then, we, we don't have a kids, and then the kids arrive in, my eldest is uh, born in 1996, so I have four kids. So this is the kind of life that I manage uh, with my wife. It started way back then, away from her, and then with my kids, again, away from them. Yeah. So it, it strikes me, uh, it's a very common Filipino story of people living away by traveling, living in foreign countries. Yes. So now you, you're, but you're just doing it in reverse because now you're back in the Philippines. Yes, I just do it in reverse. And this is, I guess, by uh, culture in the Philippines. Uh, by culture, we were born to deliver services, mm. uh, either in land base or the sea base. So. Um, 70% of the workforce are in land base, and maybe 30% are in sea base. So in land base, Filipinos are everywhere, majority maybe in the Middle East, and then North America, in Europe, or few in Africa. So this is the life that we have. Normally, we are away from our family. So well, we, we move out of the country because of an opportunity outside to provide quality of life for our family. So that's what we do. And so let's 
talk about the Manila offer. More from Alex in another episode when we talk more about the amazing Manila office and also the game-changing work of the TK Foundation. But that's for another day. If, as Alex suggests, Filipinos are born into having a global perspective, others can learn it as they go. That's the experience of Naranjan Duranda. Naranjan was born in India, but had exposure to the world from a very young age. So you've been at TK since 2003? 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. Uh, and what, what brought you ashore? Like, what was the reason to stop being a seafarer? <sighs> I would say it was uh, it was getting a bit monotonous in that having done it for 10 years, uh, I didn't see myself doing it for another you know, 30, 40 years and wanted to sort of explore uh, different aspects in that using the seafaring uh, experience as a base to then try and see, uh, you know, do some more business studies and see how, how the career shaped from there. So that, that was one of the motivations to try and uh, try and you know, move on from just being out at sea. I still enjoy being on ships and you know, great respect for all the people out, out at sea. You know, they do a fantastic job and it's a tough, tough life out there. But uh, yeah, just decided that it was uh, time to try something different. And what was it that drove you to the sea? Was it uh, a, a desire to see the world? And I mean, you've, you left India, you, you've been away for 20 years or more. So um, what was the motivation? I think it was more family driven in that my uh, father and grandfather were both out at sea, ah. and uh, you know had been out out, out on ships uh, as a passenger, for lack of a better word, as a you know during younger days. So just you know it was a natural progression from there. So you travelled with your family like, back uh, in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. Li- did you live on board? Yes. Yeah. Oh. During vacations and such. So yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So this is going back a long time ago. Yeah. So. I've seen some photos of uh, because I think some of the old T. TK guys yeah. had family with them like back in the that's day, right. 20, yeah, 25 that's right. years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see these photos or video of little kids running around the yeah. ship and it yeah, yeah. must be kind of magical. It's a good experience. I think it's great exposure and great experience, right? And gives you a feel for what, what a career out at sea could look like. So uh, it's, yeah, it's a great insight. That childhood exposure led to his own seafaring career. And after a decade at sea, further education and work in the UK, Middle East, North America, and recently back to the UK. So Naranjan has experience in his professional work in the S&P function, sales and purchase, dealing with people from around the world. How did you first, for example, work out how to deal with Japanese shipyards or Korean shipyards or Greek secondhand owners? Like, How did you learn the needs, the different types of cultural needs that for working in a global company? I think it was exposure and again it was great at TK and that got several opportunities to you know learn learn on the job so to speak uh, like in the past I started in this I have a seafaring background so the base understanding of ships that always helps in that you know what the actual end product that you're negotiating or or you know what what you're buying or selling so that that understanding the underlying commodity or the product is is always key so that part is good but then, uh, just internally in TK, we are so multicultural, so that's, that, that is a good learning ground in the initial years. But then also the chance to uh, engage externally, you know, on several occasions, uh, starting in 2007 when I started working with Peter and Will as part of the StratDev group. Uh, just the opportunity to work on different projects and be exposed externally helps you build up the experience. Uh, and, you know, the first four or five years were probably more a learning phase. Uh, 
to then you know branch out and be able to do it yourself independently and you're learning constantly on the job every day so you know i think the, you know for lack of a better cliche that you know the day you stop learning or from from people is 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 probably the day you want to stop uh, stop the job but uh, yeah so it's a constant learning process but the exposure was great and i don't think many people get the chance because at tk you could be negotiating Whether you are born to it or have been learning it every day through exposure and effort, people like us are transnational people. We are from everywhere, of all colours, of many tongues. This is what makes a TK colleague, and it is a red thread throughout TK's history, as Mads Meldgaard, one of the original TKers, recalls about TK's founder, Torben Karlshoi. He didn't really care where people came from. He didn't care what language they spoke. He didn't really uh, believe that people are different. He just cared about people being good at their jobs, could work well together, and got things done. Well, Back in episode one, when we were discussing about saying goodbye to colleagues with Charlotte from the London office, I said this. TK really does feel like a family to me sometimes. We're global, but tight-knit. People hang around a long time. We have that shared history. And cheers to that. From the archives, I realized I was repeating back things I'd heard from others, like our ex-CEO, Bjorn Muller. A lot of people have joined TK in recent years and they say, oh, TK is a big company. And I, in a way, like to think we're a big company when it comes to capabilities. But I hate to think it's a big company if people think it's like a big anonymous corporate entity as opposed to a bunch of people that are here pulling in the same direction and delivering unbelievable stuff. So TK is transnational, beyond boundaries. And at the same time, we are also always family. We are accepted and connected, looking out for each other. Like buying lunch for a colleague from Cactus Club, the next door restaurant to the Vancouver office, when the accounting team is working overtime, delivering the quarter end results. We wish Cactus Club would give us a discount. <laughs> Usually Cactus, because it's, you know, due to proximity, we don't like to walk very far. So that's usually a go-to place for OT lunches or dinners. You know, when you come in, everyone's already talking about what lunch to get, so. We are always asking each other, like, do you have something to eat? Do you want to go to grab something to eat or just snack? Are you okay? So there's a lot of support and you know that you're not the only one. There's a great sense of camaraderie. People order food in and they ask each other, hey, can I order something for you? And then might have dinner together. You know, people are here working late and it can be quiet, but people are, at least you're, you're here together. And everyone knows what people order. Like everyone has a special, like Sean orders spicy tuna. That's what he orders. And so you pass around the menu, people draw down with what they want and their initials. You don't even look at the initials, you know that's Sean's, or you know the pasta with the shrimp from Cactus, that's Catherine. That's what she orders, always. They have their go-to, and it's kind of neat to know your, your coworkers that way. Mmm, that spicy tuna is making me hungry. I'd better be on my way. I'll let first engineer Alwyn Fernandez take us out. Alwyn is a great spokesperson for belonging. He is at the center of the party, full of energy, always with a smile and hug, always with care and empathy, always bringing people together with TK spirit. 
This is who we are. This is how we roll. Family is actually everything. In my culture, family is the core. So when you have this feeling of family in any company, it gives you a, a, a feeling of belonging and a feeling of uh, being accepted. When we talk about TK family, so I know I'm, ex I'm accepted somewhere. Somebody cares for me. So that's my view of family. If you have recommendations for who we should include in the podcast, please let me know. Everyone has a story to tell. People like us who do things like this. Cheerio.